It's Justin Lightford here, and welcome to the Real Construction Owners Podcast. Today, we have Sterling Chaplin on our podcast. He is the host of the Rent Rule Podcast, as well as a real estate investor, and does construction. He's experienced in single-family homes, and he's built a massive net worth using construction skills and becoming wealthy through acquiring real estate and utilizing his construction skills. So you're definitely going to want to pay close attention because we can all benefit from this. Hey, so whether you want to win $100,000 a month or three plus million dollars a month in government contracts, I have a special training specifically for you that I've created. It'll give you the exact blueprints that you need to succeed as a government contractor. It's a self-paced university and you can complete it in the comfort of your home. It's got over 35 videos. It's got several other instructors, instructors, not just myself, but high quality builders, home builders, general contractors, uh, excavating contractors teaching you how to win these government contracts and get them done. You get a digital manual, plus you get a challenge to make over 200 grand in your first three months. We also have a warranty that if you don't make 30 grand within your first 90 days, we will help you and hold your hand one-on-one so if that's something that interests you, that'll be down below. I'd love to have you join us. I work with 50 contractors every year. All you got to do is find out more, and I'd love to see you succeed at a high level with these government contracts. Now let's go ahead and get into the rip mole with Sterling Chapman. Welcome to the Real Construction Owners Podcast, where we interview real construction owners and investors doing big things to teach you, the contractor, how to become a more successful individual. Today, we have a very special guest, Sterling Chapman, a friend of mine in GoBundance, and just an absolute all-around successful businessman. Today, we're gonna share very unique strategies, how he's acquired over 75 single-family homes, how he has done multiple syndication deals, as well as some of the things that he's learned from being the host of the Rent Roll podcast rit roll radio podcast show so stay tuned what's up sterling how you doing today buddy i'm good justin thanks for having me hey man you know it's we're living the dream so grateful to have another go abundance brother on my show and before we get into all the goods you know i i like my our audience to to get perked up and 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 be like okay who is this guy and why should i listen to him so sterling if you could Tell us with, and don't hold back, brag a little bit, you know, give us a history of your successes and what you've accomplished and keep in mind contractors, you might be thinking to yourself, why should I listen to this guy? But with what he's about to say, we can all benefit. So Sterling, go on, tell us your story. Yeah. So it's, that's funny. That when, because when I first started my podcast, where I'd written, had all the questions written down. And the first question was, why should we listen to here? So it's, nice. a, it's a fair point. And I listen, I, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to a podcast like an hour through and at the very end found out the person I was listening to had like three doors. And I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, so again, thanks for having me on the show. So my story is I started off in corporate America, uh, climbing the corporate ladder and was going to be the next CFO in this big telecom company um, and went back, got my MBA I'm moving up fast. During my, my uh, master's program, I took some entrepreneurship classes. I was like, oh man, I'd love to do some stuff. 
for myself, um, had bigger pockets, um, started buying rental properties. And, um, that was in the summer of 2018. So between 2018 and the end of 2021, I think I, I bought somewhere in the neighborhood of, of, uh, 60 rental properties. And, um, that became a base portfolio. Um, started syndicating apartment complexes. So we have um, raised millions of dollars and bought, uh, five, we're on our fifth apartment complex. And then um, also flipped a bunch of houses last year. So uh, that's kind of that's kind of the story. Uh, we flip houses, we, we have rental properties, and we syndicate apartment complexes. That's impressive. So even though you're not a contractor per se, you really are because all a contractor is, is somebody who finds a deal, puts the team together and gets it done. And you're doing that in real estate. You're finding their property, you're fixing them up, putting the subs in line and you're either whole, you know, you get the job done, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's to your point, I, I, I do the same thing as a, as a, contractor. I just, I'm not a licensed contractor, but I have guys that work for me, um, uh, with the volume of, of, you know, rehabs we do, they, they just work for me and have for years now, but, but it's just basically, like you said, it's, we, we assemble the, we assemble the subs, make sure the scope of work gets done, make sure the schedule gets done and make sure everybody's paid. Um, I love that. Now let's, let's, let's unpack that a little bit because, you know, a lot of contractors listening and make good money, but they've never really done investing. And let's say they see a deal, they, they hire a realtor, they figure out a way to run cops and they, they see that there's, there's meat on the bone. Now, with that being said, how do you, you said you have a schedule of values. You have, you know, everybody has a statement of work. How do you protect your company from subs, you know, stealing or not doing good, a good job? What are some of your processes in place? Well, I mean, again, most of the folks that, that I'm using, I've used over and over again. There, there's a few things that get rotated out. You know, we're, we're all of my guys that, you know, I've, I've had the same guys doing my roofing, drywall, painting for, for three years. So that, you know, I know the quality of work and that's a little bit easier to manage. I've had tr trouble with plumbers. I've had trouble with electricians. I've had trouble with AC tech. All of those have, have turned over multiple times. You know, I had an electrician that I hired to do, um, it was a new electrician because I, I kind of got tired of the old one recently. I'd hired him to do four houses and we pay half up front and then, um, First of all, the work took way longer than it was supposed to. And then once we we get the houses pre-inspected on our end before we sell them, so we don't, you know, get surprised by the homeowner's inspector, by the home buyer's inspection. And they found all the stuff that they had done wrong that we needed to fix. So I paid somebody else to go back and fix it. So I, I called the, the first contractor and said, hey, look, I told you it'd be four grand for this job. I gave you two. Um, so I owe you two, but I had to pay somebody else to come fix your screw up. So I'll give you, I'll give you the other 700. Yeah. So, and how do <laughs> he was like, damn it. But yeah. oh, he was fine. He was fine, man. People know when they're doing you know, and it wasn't him. It was the guy he hired to do it. Right. If he was in there doing the work himself, it probably would have been fine. That's where a lot of the love gets lost in this whole process is the whole, like, 
hiring out other people that aren't going to do it. Typically, the guy you shake hands with would do good work. The problem is he can't do all the work. So he goes and hires somebody else that is going to do shoddy work. And and he doesn't know that when he hires them, right? I mean, so. What's the lesson there for, for, for moving forward in the future? Like, how can we prevent, how can we prevent that? If you know you're shaking the hand with the guy and you don't know that he's maybe be buddy, what process could be put in for protecting you and your wealth and our listeners? Yeah. I mean, with that particular guy, I told him, I said, like, I'll, I'll, I'll work with you again, but I need to know that you're going to do the work or I need to know that somebody reliable is going to complete the work. I can't like the problem with contractors is that, you know, I always say you've got, you know, you want to be on schedule. You want to be under budget and you want quality work. You're going to have to pick two of those three. You're not going to get all three of them. <laughs> period. Because, because if somebody can do good work fast, they're going to quickly raise their price. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the true successful contractor. That's the guys you see that have big buildings, right? That, that do bulk work like they, but they're not cheap. You know what I mean? And a lot of times with the real estate investing game, it's, it's a bootstrapping type of thing. Like I look at all those houses that I flipped yesterday, or not yesterday, last year. And, and if I had to go like pull out the phone book and call ABC contractor to go do that work, I wouldn't have made money on any of them, right? That's, that's the, my, my ability to make money was because of my ability to stay on the call. And I didn't save on the cost by calling the most reputable contractor because they're going to have higher prices. That's just something that, that, you know, for me, I've had to, I've had to live with and, and get good at navigating. But, um, yeah. that, I mean, that's been my experience over and over again. I've had great contractors. They're just expensive as hell. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because we buy a couple properties a year. Uh, we're not doing it at the volume we're doing it at. But we, you, it is correct. It is a bootstrapping kind of thing. Cause you know, if you're only going to make 10 or $15,000 a year on holding that asset, not, to, I mean, obviously there's a bunch of benefits and taxes and depreciation, everything. But if, if you got to replace a floor one year, you know, and you know, it's going to cost you three to somebody gives you a quote for seven grand, some, you want to try to get the best price. So that's what I do. I, I, and I check their references and I give them a very detailed requirements you know, at checkpoints along the way to make sure that they don't mess up or, or, you know, I get taken advantage of or anything. And, and as contractors, you know, I'm curious, Sterling, where can, where do you find your deals? Give us some insights because fixing 32 properties last year and selling 32 properties and having over 75 in your portfolio, you have to have some avenues that you're getting these deals. Can you elaborate? Yeah. Sure. I get them all from wholesale. So, uh, we, we just started in-house marketing a few months ago, but all the, all the houses I flipped, all the houses that portfolio, we got them all from wholesale. Um, you know, okay. So, so you get all your, from wholesalers and the way you get on those wholesalers list is maybe you see bandit signs or maybe there's Facebook groups or, or where do you get, how do you access these wholesalers? We, I host the local meetup here in Baton Rouge. So we have, you know, 60 people a month come to our meetup and we have a Facebook group around it. And then I'm involved in the other Facebook groups. 
And I'm very active on social media about posting that I'm constantly closing deals. So, so the visibility there is like all the wholesalers can can see like Sterling buys the house every week. Like he can definitely close. If I want no hassle and I want to make sure this deal is going to close, I'll just send it to him first. I love that. That's You've kind of monopolized what you're doing because you did it in an ethical and, and proper way. I mean, you created... Uh, you created your own social following and you you document your journey so people see that okay this is legit he's actually i can see it with my own eyes that he's actually doing it and he's the host of this social group that is very very smart now let's talk about financing these deals uh when you first got started obviously you had money from your your previous job but now how are you financing all these properties is it all your capital or are you what are your strategies it so it's a combination i have private money lenders i have uh, small local banks i have national hard money lenders um no it's 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 actually never any of my capital so usually where all my capital goes is into my apartment complex so if i'm raising capital to go buy an apartment complex i invest my money alongside with my investors that so that being the case, I never have any money because I'm always investing in apartment complexes. So to fund these deals, I, I just always use other people's money. That is awesome. You you just said something so valuable. I never have any money because I'm always investing it. And I'm the same. Like if I have money in my bank account, there's something wrong. I need to put those little soldiers to work so they can go bring me some more paperback soldiers back to my bank account. Always recycling it. You know, the thing about investing is if if you just do it right for X amount of years, you can live a life that people can only dream of. And, and yes, you can, you can live a good life, but you don't have to, and you don't have to sacrifice all the fun and all the toys, but you want to, you know, put, have that nest egg to where if you just constantly investing it, you're, you're growing your portfolio. Now on the topic of private money and getting a deal can you give us a story or an example of how you use private money the numbers the details what you had to pay them back how you set the deal up etc on a on a private like sure. single fa- single family well i'll use a i'll use a duplex example because this one has a lot of moving parts and i need a member still well because i use example all the time so uh my first my first verdict deal. So the first time I ever did any type of construction or anything, I didn't know how to do anything. Um, I and the house completely out of money because I just put down payments on my first two single family houses. I didn't have any money left. It was going to take me a year to raise another down to save up another down payment. And but I found these dilapidated du- duplexes. One of them had flooded, and the other one had just been trashed by a previous tenant, and they were next door to each other. And I got them under contract for 190 grand because I knew that if I fixed them up, they'd be worth 400 grand. So I went to a buddy, and I didn't have any investor because I didn't have a track record. Or, I mean, this was five years ago. And I went to a buddy of mine that flipped houses, and he had investors that flipped houses. And I told him, I said, I got these, I got these duplexes under contract. I was like, if you bring your investors' capital to buy them, and renovate them. I'll pay your investors' interest, and I'll pay you fifty thousand dollars in tarp of it. 
He said, well, how are you going to do that? I was like, well, I'm going to cash out refinance at the end. And so that's what we did. So his he brought his investors in. They charged 12% interest. They um, bought the house for $90,000, for the two duplexes for $190,000. Then um, they spent $60,000 fixing it up. Um, I, once they were fixed up, I went, I was added on the title at the beginning when we bought it. Then I went to a bank and said, Hey, I've got two duplexes. They're worth 400 grand. They appraised for, for 390. And so we did it an 80% cash that we financed. The bank gave me a check for $312,000. I was able to pay back the investors that purchased it and rehabbed it, pay them back their 12% interest, cut my buddy a check for 50 grand. And then I walked away with two cash flowing duplexes, seventy-eight thousand dollars in equity, and uh, you know, two thousand dollars a month in cash. Awesome, brother. Good for you, dude. That's a hey, that's all about like you found the deal, you lock it up, and you just get creative on any means necessary to get it done. The oh, oh, yeah, the other the other part of that story I forgot to is the investors that funded the purchase and the rehab. They were forty thousand dollars short. So to finish the job, I had to, I had to go and and I went to my brother because I knew he had some cash, and I said, "Hey man, give me forty thousand dollars for six months, and at the end of it, I give you six thousand dollars." And he was like, "Absolutely, you know." Um, so he was super happy with the return, and we got it all done. Now, with the state of economy and the way the interest rates are, you know, the the way they are. Um, has that affected you at all, or are you still just going after the private money instead of going after going directly to well, the banks? Yeah, I mean, with the interest rates the way they are, we're flipping more and holding less just because it's harder to get stuff to cash flow. You know, okay. so I mean, the stuff we are holding is low income with a really low cost basis, and the interest rate just can't even affect it. You know, houses we're buying for twenty five grand and renting for. 700 you know what i mean that that's this kind of stuff we're holding now versus you know two years ago we were buying you know two hundred thousand dollar houses and putting them on a three percent mortgage and then they would still cash flow renting them out at, at 1600 and what are the benefits in your mind if you could explain to our contractors what are the benefits of using some using other person's money, getting the asset in terms of like the, the asset, that appreciation, the cash flow. how would you describe the benefits of real estate, uh, real estate investing in your mind? The benefits of just generally, what are the benefits of real estate investing? You got cash flow, you got appreciation, you've got debt pay down, you've got depreciation, which is tax benefits. Um, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, there's there's nothing comparable that that I've seen where you can go in and buy assets with none of your own money. You can create the value, right? You buy a stock, you just have to hope the stock goes up. There's nothing you can do to make that stock price go up, right? When I buy the houses, um, I know, or when I buy the apartment complexes, I know what they're going to be worth, and I add the value to them. So I like the element of control. I think it's the best and fastest way to build wealth. Um, and, and then, you know, like you said, when you're holding rental properties, you've got the cash flow coming in. So that's passive income. And then you've got the, you know, the rest of the rent that the tenants paying is going towards paying off the mortgage. So that's, that's passive long-term wealth building because they're paying down your mortgage for you. 
and then you've got the appreciation while they're paying the mortgage down it's going up in value so your equity spread is getting larger and larger and larger over time beautifully said and you've got tax benefits as well what is your superpower oh my superpower i would say uh networking and and kind of martial resources so i love that that's yeah i think um and I say superpower because it's the only thing I'm remotely good at. Uh, you know, when I when I think on all the success I've had, and I look at my like refined skill set, I'm not really like that great at, at at anything except for getting bringing everybody together to get the job done. So, um, that's awesome. Your network equals your net worth, and that's why you're so successful because you bring it all together. Now. What would you say is a process that you have in place that that's in your business that you're most proud of? A process that I have in place in my business. I mean, you know, I've, I get again. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of tie it back to the 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 networking and the brand awareness, and that's you know everything from what uh, you know. We have the podcast, which forces us to continue to meet new people. And, and be exposed to other audiences. Then we have the meetup every month, which forces us to constantly be getting in front of everybody on a local basis. And then we have the uh, the scheduled content release, which forces me to make two do social media posts a day. Um, so it's just it's part of our. It's, I think if it was up to me, if I if I just like had to like pick up my phone when I felt like it, I would maybe make like two social media posts a week, but I've got a schedule and I, I need to release two a week. So when I'm running two a day content, two a day, two a day, when I release two a day, either my marketing guy comes in here and goes, we need to make some more videos. I need you to sit down and bust out 10 videos, or he'll go mine my old like podcast interviews to, to grab that content. Okay. And what's a, that's that's very powerful. So you actually have a content calendar that you live by, and without a calendar, you're you're accountable to uh, you're not accountable to anything, and you can fall to your vices of oh I'm too busy. So that's that's a very valuable lesson, and all very successful people have a calendar that they follow. Thanks for sharing that. What would you say is a characteristic or a habit that you practice every single day that makes you so successful? I know I don't. Uh big on on goal setting and and uh journaling and so every morning for the last i guess i started in march or march 2022 when i journal i i write down my goals at the end of it so i'll write down my my quarterly goals my annual goals and my day when i write it i'll write it down every single day it's on it's on the dry erase board on the wall but i write it down every single day that's amazing. If if you write it, you invite it. That is one of my favorite quotes, that if you write it, you invite it. And that's how I've been able to live my dream life because I as well, you know, also journal every single day, everything. Good for you, dude. Um, what's the last book you've read cover to cover and the lessons that you've learned from it? I should know the answer. I should get question quicker than I do. Um... So I guess the last book I read cover to cover was would probably be Tracking, even though it wasn't the first time I read it. But yes, I'm reading that right now. That book is so good. It's great. 
It's great. So it's it's actually it's not good. It's it's not good. No, you're back up. It's an amazing book. Yeah, I tried listening to it on Audible like six times. Same here. Each time I, each time I gave up because it was just so boring. It was in such. I don't know. I just I can listen to like engaging books now and yeah, like I can listen to like books about people or stuff. But I can't listen to audiobooks about parcels and systems. I have to like read it. And so I finally sat down and read it and 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 it's great. I mean, it's the second time I've read it, but uh, I'm I'm just re, re reintroducing it to the team. So we just had a kickoff uh for the year and everybody got their scorecards and their quarterly rock and we worked through all of our issues and and that's you know, we have everybody's got our VTOs and our you know, our vision traction organizers and, and everybody knows where we're at. So it's, it's great. It's been great to the business. I really need to do that. I, I, right when I moved to Costa Rica is when I bought the book and I was thinking about, I got to go back to Austin where my business is at, uh, and have this, this meeting and do the VTO. Cause I've done it by myself and, you know, set the vision, which I've done by myself and set the three in the 10 year. And, but I haven't set the rocks for the quarters. And, and nobody else knows about it, but me on my team. So what, how would you advise me to, uh, what would you say would be my next step? I'm going to back to Austin in, in like a week from now. Is that a meeting on the calendar or tell everybody you're going to go on it. And then you'll have to come up with day and fig in the meantime. So I created binders for everybody and I basically, uh, you know, I wrote out my vivid vision for everybody and tacked it onto the front. And then we filled out the, the mission traction organizer. Um, and then we, this is a, an extra copy, but we filled in everybody's quarterly rocks. We filled in everybody's scorecard. We, I, I set the expectations of the meetings and when we we're gonna have them, how we we're gonna have them, how we we're gonna work through issues. All on. Yes, Sterling. It's beneficial to have the whole team board. Sterling, could you be so kind and forward the digital version of that to me? And I will obviously delete everything, but I'll keep it. I'll keep whatever I need for myself. I'm not going to use your stuff, but I would really appreciate that because I'm a visual kind of guy as well. Now, thank you. Go ahead. You could actually, you can go to their website and download all those templates for free. Okay. I, I will. And I have, but can I still see yours? Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> So what's the best tip you can give to an owner of a construction company who's leading a team that wants to leave a legacy? Um, answer your phone. <laughs> that, yeah. No, I, I mean, contractor, like I said, like I was saying before, and, and I hope I don't piss any of your contractor turns off, but where I, where I find contractors fall is they're like a lot of times they're great tradespeople, but they're great like they're great sheet rockers or they're great roofers but or they're great plumbers or they're great electricians but they're not great business people they're not they're not good at keeping a schedule they're not good at answering their phone or returning phone calls or you know what i mean doing sketch so so that's that's a challenge on one side on the other side maybe they are a great business person and if they're a great business person and a skilled trade person they're going to end up being like so expensive that that i can't use them right like the 
the lead who had a tree fall through her house and the insurance money is going to pay for, you know, the whole thing like they can get, but I, I can't personally use them to be a real estate investor. So I, I guess just, you know, paying, a, paying attention to that, that like, where do I want to be in the market knowing, and, and honestly, like the great contractors probably want to be the expensive. Yeah. Right? It, at the end of the day, you want to make as much money as you can and you want to have a great reputation for being on schedule and, and, and um, doing quality work. Yes, I love that. It's so true. Because when I first started out, I I always had this dream that I want to be the most expensive guy in town. And, and I want to build the processes and the team to do that. And that's where I am at now for roofing and solar in my market. Like I am not the cheapest. I am the most expensive. And, and with that comes a white glove service. So it's cool that you said it's cool that you said that. Now, if somebody wants to re reach out to you, Sterling, I know that you have some syndication deals of, of apartments where you pull money together, and then, and if you're a busy contractor and you don't have time to go out, you know, buy homes and fix them up yourself, that's where Sterling comes in because you know, he obviously is a, a, a expert at what he does. He's done this for a while. Talk to us about your syndication deal, and also tell us how people can reach out to you and get and learn more from your podcast. Sure. So they can download the Rent Roll Radio Show on any or any, any type of platform they want. They can find me personally on you know, Sterling R. Chapman on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of that. And then um, our our deals, uh, you can go to Crestworth Capital and sign up to get on our, our investor list and we'll send you our projects. But we're currently working on a 372 unit in Northwest Houston, that's, uh, you know, double investors money in three to five years. So it's a, it's a great little project and a great market. I love how humble you are and just kind of soft spoken. And that's one of my favorite things about the, the Louisiana boys. Every time I go down there, I have, I have some of my best friends that are, that are in New Orleans and different parts of Louisiana. So hospitable, so kind, you know, good people. And with that being said, Sterling, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being on my podcast today, brother. Until next time. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, drop me a comment down below. Let me know how that was. Let me know what you learned and where you're listening in from. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you're interested in growing your construction business faster and learning how you can take your construction business to the next level and win deals that are 100, 200, 300 million plus dollars in revenue utilizing government contracts. If that interests you, I'll have that link down below. Until next time.